Welcome back to the Nothing to Something podcast. Now, this is the podcast that's been put together as a platform to share real stories from real people showcasing their journeys towards success and all the struggles involved along the way. Now, guys, I say this every week. Before we move forward, please click subscribe on whichever platform you are listening on. This is going to provide you with all the top draw content to come, as well as keeping me pushing to produce it. Now, this week's guest is a special one. This week, we've got Manchester top team head coach, an absolute fountain of knowledge, a master of his craft, and a true family man. Please welcome to the podcast, Carl Prince. Carl, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thanks for the invite, Mark. Great to see you after a, a, a number of years. Maybe a year or so, I've not seen you for now, mate. Yeah? yeah, probably a little bit more. Probably a little bit more, but absolutely buzzing yeah. to have you on. Hell of a lot. I've got a list full of questions there, mate. I'm looking to get into uh, inside that mastermind of yours and see what's going on behind the scenes. So looking forward to this. Just before we get into it, mate, do you want to just do a bit of an introduction to anyone who doesn't know who you are and what it is you do? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm Cal Prince. Uh, I'm the the head coach and proprietor of Manchester Top Team. It's a mixed martial arts gym in, in Manchester, obviously. And we have like 70 active competitors, around 40 professionals um, and 30 amateurs. And on top of that, we run a host of events. I do some other things within that. But yeah, mostly centric around like uh, like, like expertise and excellence of, of, of mixed martial arts, really. Yeah. Nice one. And it has turned into that. Uh, a master of your craft, aren't you? To, uh, yeah, to put it lightly. I'm working on it. I'm, I'm a work in progress. You know, I, I like to think yeah. of myself as a bit of a lifetime beginner because every day I get up, I get inspired by other people who are perhaps a little bit like less down the line than I am. So I'm, I'm always welcome to take on new ideas and never think that I've mastered it. And, and ultimately, to be a coach, it, it can't really be about me. Um, so I'm always working on like, but yeah, adding little strings to my bow and becoming like a, a complete um, of a circle as I possibly can for everybody else I believe that if there's any leakages in, in what I know and, and, and the people around me then I'm actually doing a disservice for my guys because we have dreams and ambition of being the, the very best in the world and, and, and I have to make sure that I'm constantly being challenged by other people and myself to provide that type of platform My God, mate, there's that humility already and that carries <laughs> you a long way as you well know uh, right mate before we start getting deep and what have you I want to know we'll go deep from the off Carl so yeah, I know you as a man that's full of wisdom, a master of your craft, as I just said there, someone who's very knowledgeable, um, someone who's massively humble as well, um, someone who's highly respected within your field, a family man, a father, um, they'll probably come first above all else, won't they? But yeah. from your point of view, who's Carl Prince? Um, that's a great start, mate, yeah. Uh, Carl, Carl Prince is somebody with a real unquenchable first for, for for greatness really and to be surrounded by greatness I, like I, I, of course as a coach I, I always struggle with the fact that that you want to be the best because if you want to be the best then that means that you want to be seen I'm, I'm quite happy to be unseen I want to surround myself with people that are on a great a great um, journey like I want to be on I want to be then I want to I, I'm, I want to create a legacy but a legacy for Manchester a legacy for the people that I've been invested with for like the previous eight years, a legacy for everybody else that like what everyone says it's impossible, that everybody believed was not possible that we've created and will surpass that. Like I really want to, for years to come to be the, the, the beacon, the example that maybe someone would actually aspire to. Like you can, you can list a, a number of greats in their field in terms of sports and, and what they've done and the legacy they've got, like maybe Jordan having his own trainers named after him and things like that. And that outlasts like his, his career, but, I am. Um, I'm. I really inspired to to really do something that no one's ever been done. And also, I'm inspired when people say it can't be done. So uh, that that's what drives me forward, and, and that's what I'm working on. Nice, admirable, bigger than yourself. And they say that's a massive driver only when something's bigger than yourself, and especially bringing that legacy into play. So you're well known, mate, for being a fantastic coach first and foremost. As I keep saying, a master of your craft. Outside of the MMA game, and before we get into that, because we'll get into that in a second. Was there any passions before that? What what put the fire in your belly before MMA come about? Yeah, only passion to be honest. I never really had a job. I never worked for anybody else. I've always I had a great support system from my dad. 
he always like supported anything that I did and, and was like, I really reinstill that with my children now like it's like whatever you want to do it's possible and what everyone else can't do you can do and he always like pushed me on along that way and, and supported me in certain things and um so bef- the first job I ever had I was really into like dance music as a kid. That was kind of the area, like the late nineties, early two thousands, and and I, I went over to a B for and worked over there and did a few little things in order to get through the summer. And and in doing it, I met a guy who was in the band Bizarre Inc, uh, who were like obviously quite famous around that time. And and he just opened a, a, a nightclub in Manchester that was on Oldham Street. It was called Ascension. It used to be the old Planet K for anybody that was as uh, yeah, like yeah. Ascension is. And um, so. I came back from there and he immediately employed me as a promoter. I was working alongside the people that now run the warehouse project, the hideout and stuff like that. They carried on on that theme. But before that, at school, I played sport. I played a lot of cricket. I played a lot of football. And then one day I was like feeling sorry for myself on a Sunday morning, which was pretty regular because you were working at a nightclub. And I decided that I'd had enough of doing like organising nights in Manchester. I had a good night. At that time, what was the old monk? It was called the Blue Rooms then. And um, I just decided that I wanted to get back into football. And I applied for a job online um, to coach in America um, for like the New York Red Bulls and things like that. And, and I, they, they, they got back to me. I had an interview, which I didn't actually attend because I changed my mind by the time the interview came around. But my, my CV must have been pretty strong because they called me and said, listen, we're really keen on giving you a telephone interview. Maybe they needed the staff. Uh, so I did like a little bit of a telephone interview and, and I got offered the job the next day and ended up two months later, like emigrating to America for what should have been uh, nine months and ended up staying there for close to 10 years, like nine and a half years. I was coaching uh, football, got to a good level, coached at like a college in America, division three college and ended up coaching a guy who played for the US national team and things like that. So, um, yeah, I had a great time over there. I never thought I'd come back home, but um, I kept coming home and uh, Christmases and, and having like a better laugh in two weeks and I was over there for two years because I've got quite a abrupt sense of humour and I like a little bit of sarcasm and, and sometimes in the circles I was mixing in it didn't go down so well so I ended up moving back to England in 2011 and, and by that time I'd already started on my, my own MMA journey I'd been training in MMA from like 2005 in America I went to a guy called Steve Blackman who used to be in the WWE I went to his gym in America in Pennsylvania for a little while and then I, I moved to New Jersey and trained with like the Millers uh, Jim Miller who's still in the UFC and, and his brother Danny Miller and, and then I I went to a few other gyms around Pennsylvania with a good coach. I met like the first like key coach that I met within MMA, a guy called Don Choffey, who was an ex-professional boxer who, who really instilled in me about like kind of still the same traits that I work on today. And then, like I said, I moved back in 2011. I was working for, still teaching football at, at Stockport County. And um, it was just wet and cold. And I was training at a boxing gym over here. And, and obviously I had a good background in like speed, agility through everything. Like that. So I started being like a speed and agility coach at the boxing gym. And, and in turn, I ended up started holding pads. And then for like the last um, 12 years now, I've been, I've been teaching striking arts and then, from 2000 and let's think 2014 I was, I was teaching MMA full-time nice nice a natural progression through there nice yeah impressive football and music and then mm. I came into via like MMA I was I was in in Tenerife once uh watching the everyone was on a night out and there was UFC one was on in the bar the first time I'd ever seen it I was like I'm I need to get involved with this. And, and I think from that day, there's not been a day where I've not uh, watched something MMA-based. Yeah, taking it way back there. So <laughs> when you talk about following your passion there, Carl, that's something that all of us would love to do. I know some of us make this excuse that we're that far down the line, that we've got responsibilities, we can't walk away from paying the bills and the rest of it. From the very off there, was that a conscious decision in your mind? Or was it just, was it pot luck that you found something you were passionate about? And it led no, very, very, very. It's always been a conscious decision that I was going to follow some because I wouldn't. Oh, I, I'm a hundred percent person. I don't, I don't like do half measures, and I was. I knew like implicitly within myself that that if I if I was something that I was pa- passionate about, that I could really achieve something um, fantastic and, and massive. Because I know that I, I, I like what you asked about what other people would say about the constraints of life and having all these other things. That that's that's a that's a risk. But I'm, I'm prepared to take whatever risk it takes in order to get where I want to get to. And, and and I knew that behind passion and the fact that I'm not averse to taking a few risks, that I would be able to get to a place where I wanted to get to. And, and I have like a, 
a thirst to, to, to make an impact, to do something different, to, to achieve the impossible and things like that. And, and within football, I try to do that. But it's very difficult because it's like a, a jobs for the boys type thing and, and who you know scenario. So uh, the only risk are the ones that you that you don't take. I, 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 I watch something on like people's regrets when they die or like when they're on the deathbed and it's like, mm. I wish you would have done this. I wish you would have had this. I don't want to, I, I can't, abide that for a second that I can't live like that I don't want to have any regrets and up to now I have no regrets because I, I'm prepared to take a risk and, and sacrifice whatever it needs to be to, to in order to achieve like a goal that always like changes as well it's an interchangeable goal it's not like one set goal like so I, I'm prepared to like sacrifice anything and everything in order to to get to where I want to get to and, and hopefully and within that I've met people of of the same ilk and like-minded people and if you're on the same mission with each other it's very difficult to fail because there's no such thing as failure like even a loss is it's not a failure it's just an opportunity to actually work a little bit harder work better and, and move forward so uh it's the ultimate test of character and I, i'm ready to sacrifice anything i can to, to prove that the character will never never die like that yeah some real messages in there some real <laughs> messages in there. so much that resonates with me carl and if i'm being completely honest Looking at my own journey, I've got no regrets, but I've probably hustled backwards a little bit and kind yeah. of came out of risk not by choice in humble beginnings and then went into security because it was security. You know what your parents are like, the teacher to get a good job, get some qualifications and follow that path. And I'm kind of hustling backwards now to where I'm trying to play catch up, but everything happens for a reason. I'm a believer that it will all work out in the end. I'm yeah, the destination the is the same, isn't it? Like it does. Mm. Like you're, you're, I, I've witnessed your journey, Mark, and, and I'm proud of where you're at now, mate. Yeah, and, and and that's by virtue of what had occurred before. It makes it even, it makes it even more grandiose what you're doing. And and I take my hat off to you anyway about that. But I, I had the same thing, though, mate. I'll be honest with you. I had the dad who supported me, but I had the rest of the family members that like, saying because there's been, I've only. Like money to me is not really the objective, like kind of to my deficit a little bit. It's always about like the vision, the overarching vision and things like that. But I've been on my ass, mate, yeah, and, and been in the position where someone says, when you're going to get a job, like I think when my missus got pregnant with our first child, that, that was the first time I ever thought about maybe perhaps getting a job and a steady set of income and a salary. A salary is something I've never had. I've never had like a set a set base salary and things like that. So it's just for me, that's other people's insecurities and an old school way of thinking that you have to get this to get that. Whereas like, yeah. I believe in me, like you believe in you. And I believe that like, no matter what situation I'm put in, I'll get to a point where I can be comfortable. I can make enough money to get by. I don't really need a lot. I'm not after like the lashings of life. And even if it was a millionaire, which I'm far from, I, w I wouldn't really be over lavish with what I would want anyway, because it's, it's, it's not what I'm what I'm into. What I'm into is like aspiring to, to certain things. So yeah, other people's insecurities. For anybody that's listening, please don't don't let them into your own psyche. Like anybody who tells you to get a job, do all these type of things, like really like rid yourself of these people. Anybody who comes with negativity, with complaints and moaning and stuff like that, you only have so much energy. So and mm -hmm. like you can't you can't share it with it with these people. Sadly, and, and as much as you love them and stuff like that, it doesn't mean I don't like these people. I just can't really be around for too long. I'll second that, second that every word there. If you have only got so much energy, you've got to be careful with it. You really have in this day and age. They'll drain you. They'll drain you if you let them. So, yeah, look after number one. What a start. What a start. What a roll there, mate. Right, Carl, moving on a little bit. So, hell of a lot of passion uh, in your past, as you just talked about there. You followed it right from the off. We've gone from football. We've gone into some speed and agility coaching. We've kind of trans transferred into MMA a little bit. How did we then get to Manchester top team? How's that come about? Um, I, I this is weird, right? Because I actually like had um, a lucid dream um, about. I was always into fighting at the start of it, and the biggest gym was Brazilian top team. I remember, like, I was on a night out with somebody, and I, I actually brought up the words Manchester top team, and I said, It'd "Be great to have a Manchester top team." Honestly, this was twenty years ago. And I'm not even really started on my journey with an MMA. I don't think I'd even trained at that point. Um, and then I remember, like, because I'll speak to some of my old friends in the past, and they'll bring up saying, "You thought of this like 20 years ago," and I was like, "Well, yeah, in a in a roundabout way." But how did they get to it? It was very in a roundabout way. I was, um, I, I, K Musa was at a gym that he was active at, at All Powers in in Stockport, uh, and I was just coaching striking at that time with Martin Stapleton and a few other guys. It was just like a freelance padman, um, and I never really had ambition of having my own MMA gym whatsoever. And then I started like helping out at All Powers. And then I, then I became like the, the main coach and, and things like that. And 
one day my friend Panicus Yusuf, who I saw today, I said for the first time in ages, I said to him, I'm thinking about getting my own place. I'm going to call it All Powers. And he was like, I think you've outgrown All Powers, mate, with the impact that you've made in the guys and the communities. It's time to forge your own paths. And I'm truly thankful for, that, for, for him for that. Um, and then by virtue of my, my relationship with Brad Pickett and, and a few other people. So American top teams are gym in Florida that Brad used to frequent. And then he was opening Great Britain top team, uh, which he has opened in London. But uh, the plan was originally to open Great Britain top team north and he was going to be south. But my, our gym was ready before his, like obviously getting a property in London versus getting a property in Manchester is a little bit of a different conversation. So um, he asked us not to become Great Britain top team. So by virtue of that, we became Manchester top team. And and uh, and that was 2019 that we started. So we're, we're, two, we're only four years on, along with, with our journey. And it's been like a whistle-stop tour of, of craziness since then. And it seems like life goes pretty quickly, but that 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 was, seems like a lifetime ago now. It does. I can't believe it's only four years. I really can. <laughs> I remember remember all the hype around it kicking off and, and around it getting launched. And what a testing time. Within history, not just within modern times, but within history, where everything that we know has gone on now, for it to be opening there just before what happened has happened. So credit to you. Credit to yeah. all the people over there and all the team over there that have made it what it is. Just to put a bit of context behind Manchester top team now, do you want to just let us into a little bit exactly what it is? Who's it for? Yeah, um, Manchester Top Team is a professional amateur uh, mixed martial arts team. Um, but we we obviously there's many arms to the business now. We, we, it's for everybody. Uh, I, I would I would challenge everybody that could make the life better by stepping through our doors, and that's not even from a biased standpoint. I think um, as a man, it's good to be able to protect yourself, protect your family. I think it's part of your duty. And then uh, as a female, it's it's important to protect yourself. And as a child, it's important to get some aggression out uh, and everything like that. We have uh, a full cross. Uh, a full spectrum of, of things that we offer. We have a school now. We have like a full-time school. I think we've got like six students now that are basically from outside education. They've been expelled by the mainstream uh, and they're with us full-time. And they do like two hours of, of classroom work, two hours of um, two hours of practical work with some of our guys on the mat as well and get to have good mentoring from people who've walked down the wrong path and are now on a better path via mixed martial arts and other things like that. And then... Um, we have like women's classes. We have it, it's for everybody. Um, obviously, the mainstay and what what's going to get the most acclaim is is the success of, of our professional fighters and, and the active team. But we've uh, we we have a full cross section of, of everything now. I'm looking to to even add more strings to to the bow and open up to the community, and become like a bit of a CIC, so people that are disadvantaged uh, have like some form of disabilities can can access the place and just. It, it makes my life better going there every day. So, and it makes a lot of people's lives better by going there every day. So it's it's open for everybody. Mega, mate. Honestly, mega wholesome. <laughs> I didn't even know the things that were going on there. I like to think I'm a bit of a monk myself. I've obviously trained there <laughs> for a while. But the schooling and the disadvantaged people getting involved and having an opportunity to wholesome as hell, wholesome as hell. So congratulations on everything that's going on over there. Congratulations on the growth and the magnitude of it after just four short years. Yeah. Did you foresee that? When you opened it, did you think, right, bam, we're going to the top? Or did you kind of open it and let's see where we go? I, I only opened it so we could go to the top, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. I, I knew I, I knew that I had like the thing that always drew me drew us back is I had I always had maybe five A star talents that I was working with, but we, we had a didn't have the bodies. We didn't have enough guys for them to train with. And I knew that the allure of going to like the bigger gyms with a busy mats and a lot of people there. Um, we were always going to come apparent and things like that. And it, I didn't open the gym to hold on to the guys I was working with. I opened the gym to, because we're all on the journey together. A lot of the guys that are in like household names now, we've been working for for eight years and things like that. And I was I would have given up the gym to go and travel with them anyway. But it just happened that we could bring it back to Source and to Manchester. But yeah, we're not we're not here for half measures. We're here to be the very best. And that that was that was the goal from the outset. Um, and 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 all that. And 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 so as so it's becoming. You know, I I don't. I don't believe we're the best yet, but I know for a fact that we will be not just the best in, in the nation, which we're probably, probably if not, are we're, we're very close to doing, but be the very best in Europe. And after that, be the very best in the world and, and won't stop and, until that occurs, mate, to be honest. And, and again, it's not just down to me, it's down to everybody's else commitment. And it's like a real collective uh, feel. I don't, I don't know if you know, but we have, um, 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 we have like a collaboration with a couple of the governments from Africa. So we have um, some, 
guys that were taken from areas there that we managed to get like visas for to come and and, and learn and study in England and, and do some mixed martial arts behind it. And we just got a couple of guys from the Cameroon who are really doing well and making an impact within uh, global MMA now. So it would just be the start of something bigger again, hopefully. Yeah. Nice, nice. Impressive. <laughs> and you've just alluded to there, Kyle, a little bit, the fact that it's not just yourself, it's the whole team. It's, it's in essence the culture that you've got there now. I've been lucky enough over the past six or seven years to be in leadership or, or sort of leadership management roles where I've led teams. One of the primary things that comes with that is creating a culture and creating a vibe and creating that sort of that togetherness that ultimately will spell success for the wider team. How important is culture to you? And how have you gone about forging that culture at top team? Because as soon as you walk through them doors, you can tell it's like a brotherhood, sisterhood. It's one family, one team, one dream is the motto or the mantra that you live by. Yeah. How's that come about? Yeah, it's obviously difficult at the time. You've got like some A-type personalities that are pulling in different directions and everyone's ambitious and things like that. But it's just like a, a collective consciousness, to be honest. It's, it, it, it's we, um, everybody wants, like the one thing, one dream thing comes from the, all working towards the same goal. And, and like some people celebrate, I really struggle celebrating things and celebrating wins. And I, I like commiserate a loss, but not celebrate a win and things like that. Because like as soon as we do well, like I'll, I'll give a speech at the end of every session about what's expected, what we're working on, other things like that, ask questions. But as soon as we do well, I actually shout out more than when we didn't do well because I'm like, I'm not happy with with good and and everything like that. And and, and everyone's instilling the same thing in each other. When I'm not there, it's the same. It's the same. Honestly, the same message is apparent, and people pushing each other to be the best version of themselves daily. We we have an expression that we say rent due daily. Like we have to pay our rent every day to just not to not for just ourselves for each other. I say you have a, an accountability to show up for yourself for somebody else, but show up with the right attitude and show up with a, um, like the the right approach to your learning and asking the right questions and not being afraid of asking questions and asking questions of each other. For instance, I would never let, say if you had a bit of a technique that you knew, Mark, I would never let you just show it to one person. If, if, if you was to show it to one person, you had to show it to the whole group. And that's how we kind of kept the team together in, in that way. But by keeping in inclusion, there's no clicks, there's no... That obviously people can have favourites, people that are closer to and things like that, but there's no factions within the team. Coming from a team sports background has been massive for me for that. And I went to a few like martial arts gyms in the past where it's a hierarchical system where there's one coach and people always go to that coach for everything and things like that. And I, I never really wanted to be the one voice. I'm like the overarching voice. If people are out of line late or whatever, I'll instill the, the culture within that. That It's just about standards, isn't it? Like the standards that need to be kept and, and, and everything like that. And it's just my job to oversee that the standards are being kept. But you, there's, there's no way that we'll allow factions to develop within the team because that's just cancerous towards the, the whole development. And um, we, we, we're not here just to have one champion of the world. We want to have like dozens of them. Yeah. 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 And it's apparent. It really is apparent from the outside looking in now. It certainly is apparent that everybody's on board and everybody's moving in the right direction. So once again, congratulations on what's going on there. Right. We're going to tap into your knowledge a little bit now, Car, And there's plenty of it. So first off, Knowing what you know, having worked with the fighters you've worked in, we've talked about some top-level fighters, some top amateurs, and you see a lot of talent coming through the door on a daily basis. What's required in the mindset of these athletes to become a top athlete? What what, what needs to be there for them to reach the top? Uh, mindset's everything, isn't it? Uh, I think Teddy Atlas said, fighting's 90% men and live 10% in your head. and uh, We just have to have a relentless... You really have to be like... in in. The, the most important part of the mentality is, is un, it has to be unshakable, unbreakable, really. And and like I always say, uh, quitting's a life sentence. So like if 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 you've got a quit button, which we all have deep within our, ourselves, we'll have a quit button. If we if we press it, then it becomes easy for other people to press. So we just have to work so hard that we can't find the, our, our own ways to quit. We have to like hide it from ourselves and and and, and really work on that like that res resilience of, of nature and of being and, and and all that stuff and like challenge yourself to be like the best version of yourself every day. Getting comfortable with the uncomfortable, all these little little buzz phrases as well. And and mm. and, and if you speak it, you have to do it. Like that, yeah. that's I'll challenge people to say like things and in front of everybody else because once it's out there in the ether, that you can't go back on it. Like it has to be done because we just have those expectations of each other, and it, it like it is an individual mentality with 
but it's also a collective team sport. So we're I'm I'm on each other. Everyone's on each other's case about being present, being the best version of themselves. And yeah, the the, the mentality is everything within within our sport, and the mentality within our workplaces is unshakable. You know, and and if it ever gets to a point where it's ninety percent. If I'm 99% with my mentality, say if I'm having a little bit of a bad day, I'm having feeling, everyone has their anxious moments and things like that where I'm not feeling 100%, um, I'm going to get tested in that. I have to be 100%. There's some fighters in my gym, if I'm 99% on my job, I, I'm off my job. Like, and they're onto it. They're like, they'll challenge me to be 100% all the time. And that, that that's what I challenge everybody else to be. Like, It doesn't matter if you're feeling great feeling good you're feeling the way you're feeling and because mm-hmm. on fight day perhaps you're going to feel lesser of yourself anyway so just about showing up for yourself and for each other and having like on like this is this is a marathon and and, and a marathon of sprinting so it's we've got to always show up and, and be like 100 percent on our job mint mint mate and so many takeaways there so many takeaways but it so much resonates once again it's like they say don't they another one of them buzz phrases it's, they say that you, you turn into the people that you spend the most time with or you're a mirror image of the people that you spend the most yeah. time with. Being in an environment like that with gentlemen that are absolute killers at the same time, it's only going to end one way and it's only going to make you raise your game. So I love that. Just on the mindset and trying to reach that elite level card, do you believe it's in a person when they walk through that door? Or do you think it can be forged? Do you think you can create it? Um, It's definitely in, like, you see it within some people. Just we'll talk about energies, and I think that's what, like, what these old buzz phrases about: see your friends, see your future. It's just the energy, isn't it? Like all you, all you're soaking up is and bouncing off is each other's energy and things like that. So yeah, you'll get some people where that are just special people. I've seen it in football. I've seen it in music. I've seen it in fighting where they just have this little bit of an aura about them where they're just a little bit different. So yeah, it helps. But um, I think a lot of it's down to ADHD. To be honest, like we we say in our sport, you don't have to have ADHD, but it helps because you can narrow in on one thing. Um, so it's just about like you see certain things in other people, and it, uh, of course it's a benefit if you come with that. But we can, I, I believe that that can be learned. That that can be there's some things that can't be learned, but you, you can learn to be unbreakable by being around other people that are unbreakable. Because like what you're aspiring to be, if you're aspiring to be, if you're in the gym, Mark, and you've been in longer than me. I'm I'm trying to beat you. Even though you're my friend, you're my you're my measuring stick, aren't you? So I'm trying to get to your level. So to get to your level, it's not just physical; it's psychological, it's emotional, it's it's everything than that. So it can be learned by having great examples around you, um, hundred percent. And and there's some there's like for instance, you knew Lewis McGrillen when he was a young lad and stuff like that. He hasn't always been uh, the person that he is now, um, but. There was always a, an, an element of that within him, but we were like, you, we've harnessed that and we've grown that. And because um, I always say that like I say about speaking, you have to speak it out there. Because like usually, like you got to think, if I say something about myself in the public domain, then it can. A lot of people are worried about being embarrassed by what you've said. Like if I say to you, I'm going to do this to you and that, and then it doesn't happen like that, and then all of a sudden I'm a mean. I say it because it actually challenges me to to be even better than that. I push my guys to talk about things because you can also like manifest it and resonate it with other people and speak it into existence and and stuff like that. So you have to say what you're saying with authority and say things out loud that that make that people want to laugh at, that scare them, and then live up to it and then more. Yeah, yeah, and a certain level of confidence needs to come with that. But I presume that level of confidence comes behind showing up daily, doesn't it? Doing what you've got to do, taking care of business on a daily basis, and then we grow from there. So I love that. Fighting's honest. Fight, fighting mm. on it. Life, life's really complicated, but the truth isn't. So, so fighting's like really honest. Whatever you do, whatever you don't do, will be exposed. So, as long as you back it up, your words up with actions and, and keep and always consistently back it up with actions, and then then really that you you can't fail. Men, men. Just before we move away from the tips for for the fighters, mate, or for anyone in life really working that, in that direction, one any more fundamentals? Anyone looking to make it to the top? Anyone's coming in now thinking, right, I'm going all the way. What needs to be in place? Um, what, from a technical background or from, like, a mindset? Either. Either. Um, just an understanding of who you are as an athlete and what your desires are. Like be, like I said, being honest with yourself. Like, for instance, your reach is always going to give you a, an, an advantage if you know how to use it uh, and, and everything like that. Just being yourself. Uh, so, and, and also being the best bird, like, 
I'm never going to be the most explosive person in the world, but I'm going to be tough and I'm going to find ways to win and, and things like that. And like, understanding who you are as an athlete, as a person, what your intentions are, because intention is everything, isn't it? Intention is mm. life. Like whatever I intend to do, I need, I need to follow through with that. So I think like the fundamentals, there's constants in training that you need to do, the basic, the fundamentals, base, balance, posture, understanding where your body should be. And within striking, there's a few other constants and things like that. And, uh, obviously, within our sport, like wrestling is the level. Wrestling is like the, where you, if you can wrestle or anti-wrestle, you can then dictate what what elements of the game that you're going to engage within. So, like uh, having a, a base in wrestling and always understand that wrestling is going to be the most important martial art um, within what we're doing and working on those things from a technical basis. But from a mentality standpoint, I always say to my guys, "There's no bad positions. I'm only a second away from winning," and, and I'm like. Because it's a it's a fifteen minute fight, isn't it? It's a long time to be fighting for, and I might be in a bad spot. And if I believe I'm beat, I'm beat. But if I believe I'm only a second away from improving position to get into a better spot where I can go in and impose my will and put the fight where I want it to be, and it's just that that's the mentality of what what, what I'm always trying to instill. Like we're only a second away from winning. Here's just an opportunity to show everybody how good I am, rather than mm. this is a bad spot. It's about flipping the narrative, isn't it? Like there's mm -hmm. no such thing as a failure or a bad position if I don't believe it's a failure or a bad position, because then I'm always working on turning that into a positive. And and fight like that's what fighting is. I'm fighting for that. I'm fighting for the ascendancy. Yeah. Love it, love it. And there's so much once again there that transfers into life, regardless of what you're doing. It's all about your perception, reframing. Fighting is life. Fighting is just life very fast, like very quickly <laughs> sped up and, and with lots of challenge, but with a bit more honesty, really, because like if, I, I know more about my fighters than I do about my friends that I've known for 30 years because I've seen them at the best, I've seen them at the worst, I've seen them win, I've seen them lose, I've seen them quit, I've seen them fail, I've seen them succeed. Whereas like a lot of your friends will only tell you what, you want, what they want you to know. Especially if, if you're an after party in your kitchen, then they'll definitely tell you what they want, what you want this to know. <laughs> oh, gosh. Right, mate, let's get into you a little bit here now. So let's go behind the scenes. What's your why, Carl? And why for me, I ask this question every time I'm on the podcast, a why for me is your driver. So what gets you out of bed when you can't be asked? You talked about the fact we all have down days. We all have times when we don't feel like it. You're a little bit sick. No one's shown up. What keeps you pushing through the hard times? I'm just addicted. I'm I'm obsessed by this. Like I have my three daughters, and I like to come home and have a separation from the gym. But I'm very rarely thinking about anything else. I, I don't do anything else. Uh, my why is because I'm obsessed with this with this journey. I'm obsessed with being a better version of myself and being around with people that are going to be better versions of theirs. Like every single day and and like throughout my life, I'm I'm, I'm fortunate now that I'm with like a, a a bit of a different group that are challenging me in different ways and stuff like that. So my why is. Uh, I, I, I want to prove everybody what they think is impossible is possible and, and that's transferable skills for any part of life and, and also to show to show my daughters that they can do anything they want to do if they put their minds to it it doesn't have to be fighting in fact I prefer it if it wasn't um, so like I just want to show them that they can do anything like anything is possible and, and whatever anyone tells you is impossible that's in, like someone's going to do it so why can't it be you um, uh, without I don't like my, my father died just before Christmas of this year, and, and I, I didn't take one day off. And th there wow. was moments where I wanted to have a day off and, and things like that. And I think that I inspired a couple of my guys around the gym as well because, like, like if you're obsessed, you're obsessed. There's there's loads of reasons why not. I'm injured. I'm ill. I'm sick. I've got these other responsibilities. I'm getting pressures at home. I'm getting pressures from other people to do things. But but like. That's always going to take care of itself if you take care of your job at hand. And my job is to show up every day because as humans, we're routinic individuals, right? And we, we work within a rhythm, like a circadian rhythm or a rhythm of, of life. So if, if I always say to my guys, no matter what's going on outside, if you show up here at 10 o'clock in the morning, every morning, then everything else is going to fall into place. Because you see, like when people are out of camp and out of routine, and all of a sudden the life's like chaos because they're not... And we fought it forever. I fought routine forever. I fought all these things. I fought against this forever. But when it comes to the understanding that it's just about one foot in front of the other, doing doing what you said you were going to do, and day after day after day repeating the process, then it can only have a good thing happen at the end of it. And I'm only at the start of it. Um, I, I've only just started. Like I, I know we're four years into it, but I'm, I'm really on this. We're just. I would say we're just getting warmed up. This is just the start of, of what the impact that we're going to make and and the continual impact. And hopefully. My, I want to impact many people's lives and show them that 
Like no matter, I've had loads of people put the foot on the neck and, and and on my neck and try to stop me from doing it. But I just I want more of that, more haters, please, more people who tell you that you can't do it because like, I, it's just more reasons why than isn't it? It's more reasons why to 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 do what it is that you were going to do anyway. I'm going to do it anyway, but I'd like to do it and, and prove as many people wrong and me right in in the process. Powerful, powerful, mate. Thanks for that. Just back to what you said there, obviously, with the loss of your father, condolences on that, mate. It's obviously you, something we all dread through our life, isn't it? And I know that you're a family man, so how hard that must have been for you. Absolutely, just powerful, mate. We talked about all sorts there, talked about the haters, you can't be stopped, you challenge the impossible, the, the status quo. So many messages, so many takeaways. And once again, I've had all walks of life sort of on the podcast and we run around the same questions. And every now and again, the same things drop in and it pings off things in my mind. I've sent myself back to education over recent years and done leadership and all sorts of self-investment. And a lot of it, Carl, even when you pay for the big courses and listen to people who've got the PhDs, it comes back to what we know and these fundamentals that we talk about without having done that. It just reaffirms what you already know. And I get as much from that as I get from these conversations you've talked about there, one foot in front of the other, showing up every day, making sure that you put in your daily contribution, you don't miss a day. And there's no better example than that than going through a loss and still showing up. So kudos, mate, to what you're doing there. And anyone who's listening, the amount of messages in this, Jesus, this is one, this is one to put on repeat. This car, this is, it's going to be, it's going to be played out. This. Um, so you've talked about a little bit there about about your family. You do like to get that escape sometimes at home with with your missus and the girls. How do you do the juggling? Because for me, especially when I started to get a little bit more successful with my career been juggling all these aspects. I'm someone who trains every day. I'm someone who's driven to reach the next step. I'm someone who's massively a family man. I've got all these different things going on. And it seems when something's excelling, something else is a little bit depleted. And I try yeah. to, I struggle to find that balance between them. What's your secret there? I always, I owe a lot to my partner, Ashley. I really do. You know what I mean? I, I, owe, I owe a lot to her. She gave me this platform to grow and she, and I really get like pressures from home. So the pressures that are from home are the ones that I put on myself in order to be more present and things like that. The way that I look at it is like this. I actually try to look through another lens. I try to look through their lens and put myself in their position about what their expectations would be uh, from me in terms of like a balance and things like that. And, and I speak to other people about what they, what they do, but, um, I tried to make sure that uh, I, I want to portray myself in the in their eyes. Like I, I, I'm only as good as they as they see me, aren't I? So I, I have to be present for for them and, and make sure that I'm finding that that balance. It's very difficult, if I'm honest, and it's be, it comes increasingly more difficult with the more success that you have because the road is the road. I, I've been what are we now in July? I, I've been in I've been in a hotel like for hundred days this year. Uh, so far uh, like working on this dream and then the other days I'm not I'm, I'm at the gym so I just always find time and in order to 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 like spread my time out but I, I, honestly I wouldn't be able to do it without Ashley's understanding she doesn't like give me any stress at home so the important part of, is this it's like if you want to find people on the same journey as you you've got to find people who want to go on the journey with you also and and and, and she backs me 100 percent. and uh, I didn't really have a partner until I was like 32 years old and uh, and because I wanted to I knew for a fact that she was the person that would support me along in this journey and help me out because I know that I'm a bit of a different personality because I am so obsessed with whatever it is that I'm doing at that time and, and, and everything like that. And, and she, um, she really helped me out with that. In terms of juggling things, it's like it's not even prioritising things. It's more so about what's important and, and, and what's important is the gym, but also what's important is my daughter's grow up with a good role model and someone who was present it's okay being that guy who works hard and gives the the um, the, the kids a bit of money and treats them at christmas and buys them everything that they want but uh, i want to give them everything that they need in terms of leadership I, i'm probably a mentor and a father figure for uh, a lot of men that i didn't conceive so i have to make sure that i have to be that for for that and also by virtue of that some of the fighters live at my house and they help me out and, and show my daughters on the right path and, and give them a lot of energy too so um, we're in a great spot. Love it, love it. That family aspect again. That's me, mate. And that that takes us nicely into my next one. Are you happy? Yeah. Yeah. What's not to be, What's not to be happy about, mate? Yeah. It, like, uh, if love that. If it was If it was not happy, mate, I would do something else that that, that made me happy. Life's too short to be anything but that, isn't it? There's moments where you're gonna be 
I've got outside issues, there's stresses, there's expectations, there's people who who probably think that I could be doing a better job for them and, and things like that. And I'm very mindful of that. Um, but yeah, I, I have everything and more than I ever dreamed of having. Uh, uh, I have a great home, a great family, a supporting cast. Um, I'm, I'm working on a vision and a dream and things like that. And I'm working towards something that I want to do. So if I'm not happy doing this and I've really got to inspect what's going on in, in my mind and things like that. And, um, and even if I wasn't on this, I, I, I've always been, I don't really have moods. I don't really go through moods. I, I just try to work on, like if you're working on something that makes you happy, that you, you don't have time to, to worry about being sad and, and things like that. So now I'm, I'm, I'm overly happy. I, I, this is everything that I'm doing. I, like what you said about time and things like that, just to go back to it. I know some people watching do nine to fives. I'm dead fortunate that I don't. I set my own hours. Obviously, I've got to be at the gym from 10 to 12 every day while I'm in this country. And I always do that. But outside of that, I set my own hours. I, I, I do what, because I'm not driven by money as well. I do what I want to do. I, I'm driven by by that. that my, my time is my time. And I divide my time as I want to use it. And obviously, I've got some expectations. But the expectations are too. I want to divide my time to be happy. Because you only get one go at this. Like, mm. you, 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 like going back to my dad, like I, I figured out that this may be even happier at the end of it. It's because... It's so final, mate. Yeah, the end of it is so final and everything like that. So it's up to you. It's up to everybody. Listen to this and to me and, and to you, Mark, to to make sure that everything you do is is in order to do what what you want to do. And and the, the only risk is like not risking that. And I see I see some other people that are, are stuck, not stuck, but doing a job and and earning a salary and things like that, and, and not happy and things like that. And like the the word about losing something that's not making them happy. But in my opinion, you've already lost. Like as soon as something, as soon as someone something stops making you happy, get rid of it. Because like, when, for instance, right? If you if your girlfriend broke up with you, you're gonna mourn that for a little while with the worst thing that ever happened to you. But but usually after that, you, what what comes next is something you never even thought about that's even better than that. And every bad every bad experience I've gone through and everything that's happened to me in a negative way has actually made me more positive, given me more after it, and and helped me grow. Like life's a big lesson isn't it and we're here to soak up as many lessons as we can and uh the the, the biggest lesson is this if if, you, if you're not on the quest for happiness then you've already lost so if, if you feel if you're feeling that way then 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 don't be scared of losing things the risk is you've already risked everything else don't you've got to risk the next thing to get to the next level and um yeah i, I i'm i'm always happy I, I hope to always be happy yeah Love that. Love that. Makes me happy when people are happy. I must be getting old. I've never, I don't think I used to be like this. Yeah, the older yeah. I get, I just, I just like to see people winning. And that was going to be my last one, mate, before we get on to the, to the weekly questions or the questions that I ask each episode. But we're not going to top that. It was going to be towards the final <laughs> message of people working towards it. But that, let's play that back a couple of times. I'm already taking loads from that, that I'm going to go and implement and remember when I'm spending time on my life and what matters and, and things like that. And, You've mentioned the freedom aspect there, and you're not driven really by money or anything like that. The older you get again, I've realised that we're aiming for freedom. That's the goal. That's the prize. It's not about having loads of money and, and still working 12-hour days. It's about having the freedom to spend time with family and do what you want with your days and spend your time as you wish. So that is, that's mega. Has, has that always been the mindset for you, Carl, that I have interest? Or do you think you've grown into that with age? Uh, I think I've always, like, I've always known that my time's for sale. Like that that's what you're just trying to buy your time back, aren't you? Um so so that that's the only thing that runs out. Your money money keeps going, ones and zeros, they keep going and, and they'll be and also if you follow your, your passion and if you follow it to and if you like committed, money's gonna come anyway. It's gonna be a byproduct of your happiness and your success is, is going to be money and things like that. And listen, no more apparent than now is the fact that you need to make money. I'm not suggesting that you don't need money and you can do all these things and, and everything like that. But if you're a driven person, you'll you'll pick money up along the way, it'll, it'll find you rather than like you going to find it. It's like if you're going on a night out and you're looking for a girl, you, you, you seldom will get a girl. But if you're going on a night out and you're having a good time and you're seeing them doing these things, then they find you. So <laughs> I like I like I believe in the law of attraction, but just by going out there and, and doing what it is that, that makes you happy, driven by things and all the things that you need along the way, they, they will find you. You don't have to go in search of them and um so so yeah, I I, I, uh, I've, I think I've always been I've always been this way, yeah. Love it. Love it. Right, to wrap it up, the big three cues, because they say success leaves clues, mate, so we see a bit of a pattern here, or we've started to see since the podcast kicked off at the turn of the year. 
So the first one is, how do you start your day? Talk us through your morning routine. I, um, I'm going to sound pretty sad because I do have like a proper set routine, but yeah. So I, I, I try not to go on my phone straight away um, because there's always something to deal with. Um, what I do, I'll have like a litre of water. My, my daughter's wake me up before I want to get up and everything like that, but, but that's cool too. And then we'll, we'll, I'll have a little bit of a litre of water in, in, in the bedroom. I'll go downstairs. Uh, I've got like, I just have a few little vitamins. I have vitamin D, I have some vitamin C. I'll have a bit of shilajit at the moment. Because I'm 42 years old and I need all the help I can get, <laughs> and then and then, and then from there I might have a little bit of coffee. Then I will go through my messages, and then we'll drop, my partner and I will drop off uh, the girls. Like two, I've got some twin daughters who are three, so we'll take them to to nursery. I'll take my daughter to school, and then from there she comes to the gym, and we've got like a cafe in there. I'll have a bit of a brew, and then from 9:30. I've just got a set routine from 9.30. I'll pad somebody, like one of the guys that, from the team, I'll pad from 9.30, 10 o'clock the session. And, and then anything that else that happens after that is is up to the to the day. But I just try to make sure that every day from my morning till midday, I do I do pretty much the same thing because then I know that if I can conquer that, then anything else I get done after that is a little bit of a bonus. Spot on. Absolutely spot on. I'm the same. I'm the same. And it, it, it wavered for me in the past sort of 12 months with the addition of my youngest daughter who is now 17 months. When you're getting three and four hours sleep, it, it has you off. But for the most part, over recent years, probably going on 10 years now, structure, early start, I know that if I get to 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock and I have a shitter of a day, I've done what I need that, to do. It's hard to pull it back. It's yeah. hard to pull it back. To yeah. bed, do you know what I mean? At least I've got a solid start and got something in the bank, so... And honestly, you know, the days that I don't get to go to the gym, say I've got like an appointment or I've got to go to the dentist or whatnot. Honestly, I, like, I hate it. If I don't get to go to the gym between 10 to 12, like, it like burns me. I'm like, <laughs> it like, really gets me down. They're the things that the moments that get me down. I'm like, I'm okay with it. I guess I had to miss the day. But I'm like, I'll be sitting there thinking, yeah, but I miss so much. <laughs> You're allowed a day off. You're allowed a day off here and there. Um, right, next one, Carl. What percentage of the time are you on it? When I say on it, I mean contributing to something worthwhile. So it can be personal, professional, family, but just not wasting time. Um, I, do you know what I used to say? I, I, I'm never, bo- I've not been bored for about ten years. So I, I think, I think that I'm, I'm always on it. I don't think that, like, I know what you're saying about having days off and these things, and I respect that and things like that. But I, 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 I seldom have a day off. I don't want to have a day off because, like, if I'm having a day off, then someone else is working harder than me, and they're going to catch up to what we're getting towards. And and like I said, we're just at the start of this journey, so it's important that I, that I'm all I'm always working on on those things. I like I never I never switch off. I'll come home and watch fights. I don't watch box sets and that stuff. Everybody thinks I'm right boring, mate. Yeah, but I like <laughs> go to the gym. I teach fighting. I come home. I watch fighting. I match my guys with him fighting. I, I'm all, I'm forever speaking and conversing with people in in this universe that that's a very small universe of of work. And I have other people that I go to for leadership, like Luke Barnett's a good friend of mine, and and like the things that he's doing uh, at the moment, like inspiring me to be better. And I'm just trying to surround, like do that. And I'm just doing this, and until I like, I'll know when I'm done because I. I know when I'm done on this journey because I'm not want to do this, but I just got like a, this a thirst of an unquenchable thirst to just do this and do this. Like every waking moment, I want to. I'm working on this. It's so yeah, I'm on it. I'm on yeah, it. The passion shines through. It really does shine through. So yeah, keep doing what you do, man. Keep doing what you're doing. It's, it's it's quite clearly evident. And then the last one, Carl, is name three people, past or present, dead or alive, anyone you want to sit down to dinner with in an aid to make the rest of your life going forward as successful as possible? Yeah, it'd have to be Michael Jordan. I'd like to sit down with him because, like, obviously I've read a bit of literature like other people do on, on like, his mentality and thing and on all that and how, like, to, to go through two sports and a, a level he always did. And I don't know if you know, but every time, like, say if he won his second championship, he's always hold up three fingers. I would, like as if to say I'm I'm working on the third already and, and that's kind of how I approach my life. I'm never never content and happy with what I've got. Hopefully one day I will be because I think that'll give me a bit more happiness. But um, just be working alongside someone with like such a relentless attitude with that. I, I'd like to um, spend some time with like Custom Martel because like just the way that he m- mentored some 
uh, like Mike Tyson, who was obviously an idol of mine uh, uh, growing up and, and everything like that. And I guess the third one would be like someone like Terence McKenna or something like that, because maybe my life's, a, I'd like to have a little bit of mix up in there and understand like th things a bit deeper than me and things a little bit more important than, than this existence and things like that. So, so yeah, I think that's a pretty good three. I'll go with Michael yeah. Jordan, Customato and, and Terence McKenna, mate, yeah. No, no, I like the free. I like the free. I'll set off in the distance and ease drop to that one. There's some good conversations yeah. going on in there for sure. And that's us, Carl. That's us. I just want to say a massive, massive thank you. Honestly, that was mint. So many takeaways for myself, never mind the listeners that are going to be listening back on repeat. Absolutely top draw. Thank you for sparing the time, mate. You have an admirer. You have a fan. You have someone who believes in everything. I'm a fan of yours. Let me tell you listeners this, Mark. Let me tell you listeners this. There were one day where then there's a UFC fighter that was training in the gym and he asked everybody to come to sparring and the only person that showed up was Mark McLaren and I'll never forget that mate yeah. I'll never forget that so so like you you've shown that you have the the, the guts of, for whatever mate yeah and then you're crossing that into the into the spectrum of your life I just before I go I just wanted to thank I want to thank everyone at my gym really for 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 just inspiring me to be better. Obviously, the, the guys at the top of the game, um, but the people that are just getting started out and and uh, and, and pushing me on to become like, I'm inspired every day by the people I'm surrounded with. So it's easy for me to talk like this and, and, and everything like that. But you see, it's harder for them to do it. And they're the ones that are putting out there, putting their bodies on the line every day. And I just get to to, to shout and pretend I know what I'm talking about at, the, at their expense. So uh, I'm, I'm thankful to that. And um, also thankful to Mawson's as well, who helped us along the way. Nice one. Shout out to everyone at Top Team. <laughs> Respect. Keep pushing. Keep pushing. Just before we go, mate, do you want to give us the social handles? Where can people find you? Yeah, it's um, obviously Manchester Top Team on, on Facebook, uh, Instagram. Uh, on my own standpoint, it's it's Carl Princegram on Instagram. Um, and I think I'm Coach Carl on, on TikTok, which I'm looking to build up. Uh, and we're just about to launch uh, an app which is good to look forward to, uh, called Fighters University, which is going to be give like a full cross-section, and um, more so for our partners in Africa, about how I'm trying to instill like good coaching methods because the technical, the athleticism is off the chain there. And then mm. that's going to be available for everybody else, like little courses and things like that that they can go to. And I'm going to make a lot of it free so everyone can get to improve, improve the, the, you know, the challenge me too. Love it. Love it. Nice one, Carl. And for anyone listening, I'll stick all the link just below. Whichever pod, whichever platform you're listening on there, so you can click through and get uh, get following on all them platforms. But once again, thank you, mate. Really appreciate your time. Thanks for the invitation, man. Great to see you, mate. All the best. You too. Take care.